Welcome to Easter Sunday at Epiphany Church. My name is Pastor Derek Parks, and I have the wonderful privilege of serving as the lead pastor here of Epiphany Church. And I am so excited to bring you this message today for Easter Sunday. Listen, it is going to be a message that will transform your life. So last week we spent some time, we're in this series called In the Middle, and we've been spending some time walking through the life of certain biblical characters. And last week we spent some time walking through the life of Abraham, the patriarch. And so as we explored the life of Abraham, we came across three things. One is that we must accept God's testing. Abraham was in the midst of a period where he was told to sacrifice his son, the son of the promise. And Abraham, trusting in the promise of God, he went and he did that. The next thing we found out was that you have to trust the character of God while you're in the middle of transition. And so the last point that we found out was that you have to focus on God's promises. And so the promise that God gave to Abraham was culminated in the message that I'm going to bring to you today in the life of Jesus with a message that I'm titling the middle of darkness, the middle of darkness. I want to help us today to explore this idea about Jesus and his life and how his life was in transition. And on this Easter Sunday, I think it's potent and powerful for us to embrace this reality in full is that in the middle of darkness, God will be by your side. In the middle of darkness, we see here in John chapter 20, we see Jesus navigating through the darkness of the tomb. And as Jesus navigated the darkness of the tomb, we're going to find out some things here that are going to guide our life through some principles that will allow for us to navigate through the darkness as well. So join me as we pray right now because it's Easter Sunday and we're excited about the resurrection of our Savior. We're excited about the resurrection of our great King and our great God. And so we're going to pray right now as God brings forth this word through me. And I'm excited to present this word to you. Father, bless your people today. God, I pray, God, that that the power of the gospel, God, would be at the center today. It's Easter Sunday, God. It's Resurrection Sunday, and we are excited about what you are doing on the earth, God. And so we celebrate you right now, Jesus. And so we lift you up, God, with every song that was saying, God. God, I pray, God, for everyone gathered right now around the television, everyone gathered around the computer or the tablet or the screen. God, I pray, God, that they might hear these words of life and respond by saying, Lord, help us to obey in full. It's in Jesus' name that I pray that with thanksgiving. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, uh, I'm going to be in John chapter 20 today. And so I'm going to be walking through this chapter, uh, and I'm going to help us to see here how Jesus coming out of the darkness of the tomb gives hope to our lives. So here, the first thing that I want you to see is that if you are going to navigate the middle, then you got to know how to navigate the darkness. See, here in in John chapter 20, it says that on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark. See, I want you to see this, and the first thing I want us to see, I want you to see who was able to approach the empty tomb. See, if you're going to navigate the middle, then you've got to remember 
the empty tomb. And look here who is the first person in every account to approach the empty tomb. It's Mary Magdalene. It's the same woman who in Luke chapter 8, it says that also some women had been healed of evil spirits and sickness, one of whom was Mary, who was called Magdalene. She had seven demons that had come out of her. So I want you to see that very clearly here, that in this passage, we get to see that it's not too far off for you to approach the empty tomb. You're not too far off to approach the empty tomb for your salvation. See, Mary, she was a woman who was filled with seven types of demons, and and, and Jesus was able to cast those demons out of her, and then now she will become the first herald of the great gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so I want that to encourage your heart today and know that no matter what your past is, no matter where you've been, no matter where you've come from, you could come from the worst spot in the city of Wilmington, you can come from the worst place in the country, it doesn't matter where you come from, all you need to know is that you can approach the empty tomb because Jesus has conquered the grave. See here, the key to navigating the empty tomb and the key to navigating darkness is to have a good memory. See, this word here that that he talks about, when it talks about the tomb, it's referring to a place or a visible object used to recall the memory of someone. And so this tomb here, it was a marker. It was a place that people were, were, were designed to look at and see, and it would cause them to remember. And so here, as Mary Magdalene approaches this tomb, this, this memorial place, this sepulcher, as she approaches this tomb, she is called to remember her Savior. And see, as she is walking towards this tomb, she's walking in, the scripture tells us, in the darkness. It tells us that it was early in the morning and it was getting, the sun was beginning to dawn, but it was still dark as she was approaching. And as she was approaching, she was found herself in the midst of dimness and obscurity. She found herself in the midst of darkness in want of some light. See, her Savior, the one who had healed her of having seven demons, the one who had rescued her, from the brokenness of her sin, the same Jesus who she had walked alongside and who she had supported, like Luke tells us, that she supported his ministry, the same Jesus, the one who he had placed her trust in, now she is approaching his grave. What is it that you do when you find yourself in darkness? How do you handle it when you find yourself in an obscure place and you don't know what to do? On this Easter Sunday, many of us are in an obscure place. Many of us find ourselves in the midst of darkness. Many of us find ourselves in the midst of wanting some light. And see, this light here that she's hoping for, he's the light of the world. If you, if you, if you know anything about light, you know that light brings a, a, a illumination to your life. If you know anything about light, you know that light reveals things that were once not able to be seen. And if you're in Christ, you know that Jesus brought some revelation into your life. He brought some light into your world. And now the places that used to be dark, the places that used to be filled with obscurity, you now can walk and see and be able to recognize the one who is your provider and the one who is really caring for you. And you're not so busy trying to make your life work because you know the one who worked out your life for you. And so here she's approaching this tomb and the passage says that she saw that the stone 
had been removed from the tomb. And so as Mary is here approaching the tomb, other accounts of this same story tell us that one of the things that she was concerned about was who was going to roll the stone away from her. She had come prepared to anoint the body of her Savior. See, she had come prepared to make preparations for Jesus' body, not to experience decay. But when she got there, guess what she found? She found that the stone had already been rolled away. And so what did she do? Mary here, she, she's looking at this stone as she's approaching the stone, but what she didn't realize, but that there was a stone inside of the stone. See, what she didn't come to understand was that this one who Mark tells about, he, he points us back. He says, listen here, that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. See, she was looking for who was going to roll the stone away, but she wasn't paying attention to the fact that she served the chief cornerstone. See, Psalms 18, 118 tells us, it says that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and this came from the Lord, and it is wondrous in our sight. See, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it is what the psalmist writes. And he was writing not of that day, but he was writing of a day that was to come when the stone was going to be rolled away and the Savior of the world was going to be raised up from the grave. See, Mary here, she saw that this stone had been removed. And see, when the stone got removed... <laughs> the Savior got raised. When the stone got removed, the Savior was elevated. When the stone got removed, the sin of the world was caused to cease because Jesus has stepped onto the realm of resurrection, and now he's going to walk around the earth, and he is going to bring power to life through taking the keys of hell and sin right out of the hands of the enemy. And so here's what I want you to see. As we navigate through the middle, the first thing that you got to do, the first thing that you need to see is that you've got to remember the empty tomb. But next, if you're going to navigate through the darkness, guess what you got to do? You got to run to the empty tomb. See, here I want you to see this. I want you to see how in verse number two, Mary, she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciples. The one who Jesus loved is what the passage says here. And she said to him, here's what she said, because she didn't realize what had happened yet. She said to them, she said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where they put him. See, Mary here, as she is running to tell Peter and the rest of the disciples about what had taken place with the Savior, she's running to them in her own strength. See, this, this, this suggests here that her running was more of her striving as she was going to find out what happened to the Savior instead of trusting in the words that the Savior had spoken to her on many occasions that after three days he was going to rise up from the grave. And I want you to see the power here in this passage and the power of the resurrection is that sometimes we forget that our Savior is risen and that he has conquered the victory. 
victory. Sometimes we forget that we are victorious in Christ and we start striving after things on our own. We start running after things by ourselves and we try to work hard in order to get things to happen the way we think they should instead of just trusting and holding on to the Savior who said that I have conquered the grave. See, she sold them. She said, look, they've taken our Savior away and we don't know where they put him. Sometimes you don't, when you don't see Jesus, you think he's gone missing. Uh, I feel this today in my spirit. See, see, sometimes when you don't see Jesus, when Jesus isn't in the last place that you left him, you think that somehow he's going away. But let me encourage you with this word right now to know that Jesus, when he's not in the last place you left him, because he's on the move. See, I want somebody to understand this right now, that Jesus is on the move and on this Resurrection Sunday with power and authority. I proclaim to you that the church of Jesus Christ is on the move. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can hold us back because our Savior has risen from the grave. Touch two or three people in your living room and tell them that he's conquered the grave. See, she's saying, I don't know where they, they even put him. We don't know where he even wound up. And I want to let you know that it don't matter where they put him because they didn't know that placing him in a tomb would set the stage for salvation. See, they didn't know that placing him inside of a tomb was going to set the stage for the transition of the whole world to be made new through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I want you to see this and I want you to understand this and know this and take this all to heart. On this Easter Sunday, on this Resurrection Sunday, I want you to know that as you're navigating throughout darkness, as you're navigating throughout the, the, the darkness and obscurity of life, as you are walking through the obscurity of where your life is versus where you thought your life might be, I want you to look to the empty tomb and know that you are victorious because you serve a victorious Savior. See, navigating the middle means reviewing the empty tomb. See, I want you to see this here in, in verse number five. After Peter and John ran to the tomb, and John had outrun Peter to the tomb, but John got there first. And when he got there first, guess what he did? There's what the passage says happened. It says that John was stooping down, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. See, John was, he got to the tomb first, and he stooped down to the tomb. And, and as he stooped down, this stooping is, is a word that's talking about leverage. It's, it's looking down to help you to see more clearly. And so as John was stooping down there, he was trying to inspect carefully the situation. See, you can't see if you don't look. And that's what I want to encourage you today is that if you aren't a believer today and if you're walking around and you're trying to figure out this thing called faith that everybody's talking about, I need you to look and see what's going on. 
See, it says here that he stooped down and he saw the linen cloth lying there. What was curious about that was the fact that the linen cloth was used to wrap the body of Jesus. And now the cloth that was used to contain Jesus was now taken off and folded up in a corner somewhere. And so what I want you to see is that whatever holds Jesus back, it couldn't hold them. And I want you to know that whatever was there to constrain Jesus, it didn't work. And even death couldn't hold him as we're going to find out here but I want you to see this it says here that they he got there he looked he swooped down he looked he saw the linen cloth but he didn't go in and see John here he didn't go in and he and and what I want you to tell you is this is that getting to the tomb first isn't enough many of you might be aware of the empty tomb and you've been aware of it since you've been a little boy or a little girl but you've never gone inside to inspect it. See, some of you watching today, you, you may have grown up going to church, but you've never gone inside the empty tomb to inspect it. See, some of you might have lived a life where you said, I've known all about Jesus my whole life, but it hasn't really made an impact on me. And the reason that it hasn't made an impact is because you haven't stepped inside of the empty tomb and inspected it. See, many of you have gotten a front row seat of the empty tomb your whole life, but you've never entered in to, to review it. And I want you to see this here. This phrase of going in has the sense of coming into new life. And so many of you have seen the tomb from afar off, but you've never experienced the life that the empty tomb brings to you because you haven't looked with the right eyes. See, I want you to see here, as it goes on, it says that John, he went in, he stooped down, he looked, but he didn't see. It says, then following him, Peter came in, and he entered in to the tomb. And as he entered into the tomb, he saw the cloth lying there. And as he saw it lying there, it, the, the wrapping that had been placed on Jesus and the thing that was laying on top of him folded up, those things were folded into a separate place now. And so now after Peter entered into the tomb, here comes John with some courage now. He goes into the tomb and he had reached there first, but now he went in and he saw, and the passage says this, it says that he saw and he believed. See, you might be in the middle of darkness right now. And as you're in the middle of darkness, you're looking for some sight. As you're in the middle of darkness, you're hoping to see something on the other side. See, we're in the midst of a dark period right now, and I want you to know that there is going to be some sight at the end of this. Why? Because we serve a victorious Savior. And here's what I want you to see here. I want you to see here is that your circumstances will trick you into believing and into thinking that you can't trust what you see about Jesus in his word, but the reality is, is that you have to take heed to what you see in his word and you have to discern clearly in order to believe see many of you have assessed and many of you have taken a look at the word of God you you've heard some things about Jesus you've heard some things said about him but it hasn't really taken a hold of your life 
See, some of you have heard some stuff about Jesus. You've been hearing all these things about Jesus your whole life. Grandmama told you some stuff about Jesus. Big Daddy told you some stuff about Jesus. Auntie told you some stuff about Jesus. Godmom told you some stuff about Jesus. But, but now you're at a place where you've got to actually see for yourself. See, this, this idea here is that you discern it clearly. And, and what I want you to see here is that your ability to, to discern is directly connected to your ability to believe. See, when the disciple was looking into the darkness of the empty tomb, he started looking with the right eyes and he became persuaded of the resurrection. See, in, in he became persuaded of the resurrection is because he saw how the things had been folded and put into place. And it says here that he started to believe. And I can guarantee you, I can take a guess and let you know that the reason that John started to believe was because he started to review the empty tomb and he started to remember the empty tomb. See, if you're going to navigate the middle, you have to place your confidence in this empty tomb. This is my last idea here I want you to see, is that navigating the middle means recognizing the empty tomb. See, verse 11, after these men had ran off, after looking into the tomb, they went back to their place where they were because they couldn't understand what was going on. In verse 10 and verse 9, it says, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples, they went back to their place. And so now they're here after not fully understanding what the scriptures had to say. They're now in this place where they're waiting. And it takes us back. It gives us a clip of the story of Mary as she's sitting there waiting to see Jesus. Verse 11 says, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels sitting in white sitting where Jesus' body had been laying, one at the head and the other one at the foot. And they said to her, they said, woman, why are you crying? And she responded to them, she said, because they've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they put him. See, she saw those two angels sitting there and I want you to see this is that sometimes God places some things in your life that are pointing you to his son. See, one was sitting at the head of Jesus where he was laying and the other one was sitting at the feet where he was laying in order to point her to the Savior who was risen. And see, as she got through there, verse 14 tells her, she says, having, having said this to them, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't. No, it was him. So he spoke to her and he said, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are seeking? And supposing that he was a gardener, not recognizing that he was the one who had created the garden, she assumed he was a gardener and she said, sir, if you've taken away his body, just tell me where you've put him and I'll go and get him and take him for myself. And then Jesus responded to her, and he called her by her name and said, Mary. And turning around, 
She said to him in Aramaic, the scripture says, Rabboni, which means teacher. She now recognized her Savior. And I want you to see this. Jesus standing there behind her, and she didn't recognize him and until he called her by her name. And see, I want you to know this today, is that the resurrection calls you out by your name. See, the resurrection of Jesus Christ will call you out by your name. And I know some people who are listening to this right now, they know exactly what I'm talking about because they've heard Jesus calling them by their name. As he stands victorious, having conquered the grave, having conquered sin and death for us, he's now standing there victoriously calling each and every one of us by name. And if he's calling out to you right now, I want you to respond by saying, Lord, is it you? And if if it's so, Lord, please come into my heart. And so I want you to see this. I want you to hear Jesus calling you today. And I want you to know this. I want you to know this with everything in me as I stand here today and preach to you the message of the cross and the message of the resurrection today. I want you to know that Jesus, he went to the cross just for you. Jesus went to that cross just for you. He went to that cross to die for your sins. He went to that cross to set you free from the grip of sin and death. Jesus went to that cross and sacrificed his life so that you might have the newness of life in him. He's calling you today. Do you hear him? He's calling out to you, saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's calling to you and he's saying to you, I've prepared a life for you that's more abundant than the life that you're currently living. And I want you to see this. I want you to see in the midst of the darkness of the tomb, see, Jesus found himself in quarantine in the grave. And you might be struggling right now while you're sitting there in quarantine and you, you're, you're sheltered in place and you can't get out. But I want you to know that you've got a savior who is touched by the affirmities of your heart. You might be saying, Jesus was never in no quarantine. Oh, yes, he was. He was in the quarantine for three days and three nights in the grave. But after those three days, the scripture lets us know that he got up with all power in his hands. He resurrected from that grave, and he did that so that he could conquer sin and death for us so that we might have newness of life right now. Luke tells us, he says that the women were terrified as they bowed down there to the ground. And the angel spoke to them and said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee saying, it is necessary that the son of man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and to be crucified, and to raise on the third day. This is that day. This is the day that we celebrate Jesus doing exactly what he said he would do. He said, tear down this body, tear down this temple, and after three days, I'll build it back up again. 
And so we're celebrating today the reality that Jesus did exactly that. He built the temple back up. And guess what? He's able to build your life back up again in the midst of quarantine, in the midst of social distancing, in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of financial ruin, in the midst of job loss, in the midst of uncertainty. We serve a Savior who is able to build you back up again. And I want you to put your faith and trust in him today. If you're watching and you don't know Jesus, today's the perfect day. If you're watching and you don't know the Savior, today's your perfect opportunity. Scripture tells us that if you confess with your mouth and believe, then you can be saved. It's that simple. All you have to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus and follow him as your Lord. That just means you do what he tells you to do. And you're not going to get it perfectly all the time. But guess what? Find yourself in a community of believers and brothers and sisters who are able to walk alongside you. And we're able to do that even right now. Although we can't be physically connected to each other, we're still spiritually connected. So I want you to place your faith in Jesus today. Don't miss this opportunity to place your faith in him. He's calling to you right now. Your name echoes from the empty tomb right now. Your name echoes out from the empty tomb straight to eternity because Jesus is calling you. And his resurrection power secures the victory for you. You don't have to struggle with how this life is going to turn out. Because you know that there's going to be a life that's coming after this where you're going to be with the Savior. So I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that if you don't know Jesus today, that's the most important thing. If you don't know Jesus today, we want you to walk in a life-giving relationship with him where you place your trust in him. So I'm going to pray right now for you. Father, bless those under the sound of my voice, God. Those who are watching right now, God, that don't know you today. God, I pray, Lord, by your spirit, God, by your grace, God, through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, God, that you would enter into their lives today, God, and transform their hearts. God, I pray that you would would awaken the deadness of their hearts, God, and, and wake them up to new life in you. And so, Father, I pray, God, God, we've got folks right now, God, who will respond to them, God, if they need prayer, God. And I pray, God, that they, God, would respond to the gospel of your grace on this Resurrection Sunday by saying, Lord, what must I do to be saved? God, it's in the power of your great name that I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We're excited about what God has done in your life. If you have made a decision for Jesus today, why don't you let us know about it? And we'll have some more instructions for how you can do that right after this. Blessings to you. Grace and peace.